Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. I think, as we have been doing the last few weeks, we're going to start and end, probably, with a click picture. Trevor, do you want to explain to our listening audience what that is? Ben has created a random picture getter. (laughs) It gets from a... Board Panda list of 170-odd Shutterstock photos. And then we get one of those from our random generator, chuck it into the the Discord channel, and we don't know what it is until we hit the enter button. Then we riff on that, and then we go back over to click click pitch like normal. Yeah. So we're going to make a game design out of it. So here we go. Three, two, one. Here comes the picture. <laughs> it's fucking gourd fruit again. So, <laughs> we have an old looking man, pretty fit, in budgie smugglers with flowers all over him, by which I mean speedos, holding squash of some kind, two big round squash in his arms. Uh, and 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 various other squash in baskets and, and piled at his feet. He seems to be in a field. Okay, so I'm getting the feel of like a California games esque game <laughs> based off of um, <laughs> oh, okay like different sports with gourds. Well, we did what because we did uh, we the did like mountain climbing. <laughs> well, and I'll see. We did the we did the mountain climbing like. Um, California games esque sort of thing, or like the skate or die sort of thing. Yeah, this is like a farm based one. Mm-hmm. It could be, yeah, it can be specifically gourd based stuff if we want, <laughs> but maybe just like farm a farm based uh like sports tournament. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different events. Yeah, so I'm I'm seeing like pumpkin bowling. Um. I'm seeing like gold well, stacking. Well, I think what I think what he's trying to do right there is which one is heavier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's um it's the skill is figuring out which which squash is the heavier, um, and for some reason <laughs> you have to do it almost completely naked. Yes, in it's just part of that <laughs> farmer whimsy. They're very in like a man sort of. <laughs> it gets boring. It gets, it gets boring out there on the farm. Sometimes you just gotta get naked with some squash. I don't know. I don't know what yep. to tell you. And rub all, all right, over so, your body. <laughs> so when you, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking, like in modern times, I feel like these sorts of games are gonna be like couch competitive kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. Four to eight, pl- you know, up to four or eight players at the same time. Or, or, like, taking in turns, obviously, but, you know, a tournament between them all. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, let's let's run through, like, what a standard game of this would look like. You know, everyone joins. They choose their clothes and their person, their farmer. Yep. And their particularly their hat. You can- you've got all sorts of unlockable farmer hats. Uh, the classic oh, yeah. floppy straw hat. Yep. You know, the-, the- Concord pipe. You've got basically- it's almost like the Scarecrow games. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got all these different unlockables. Perfect. And then it's like, all right, you've got four stages. You know, do you want to choose one or randomly select? Randomly select, ding, 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 ding. You see things going past, gourd weighing, yep. you know, pumpkin throwing, um, squash stacking. Like a, and a squashing spoon race where you've got to put the, put the spoon in your mouth and then balance the squash on a spoon. <laughs> it takes a lot of jaw strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to train well for that one. Is there a training stage between the rounds where you're like, you, you're basically betting on what sort of skill- or strength you're going to need for the next random, um, the you next know, ma- random maybe selection. Maybe you want to choose the um, unusual looking farmer with like the really really strong jaw because you know mm-hmm. that if, if the if the squash and spoon race comes up, well, you might get squash and spoon as well as eat an entire watermelon as well as uh, you know um, milk. No, not going there. Uh, <laughs> As as well as, as well as the um, rat catcher put, game, which we're not going to explain. As, as well as shot put, but with a strong jaw. Um, and then you've got like the hammer throw, but it's um, it's throwing it's a squash a, with a chain, it's squash on a um, string. Yeah, yeah, it's just a string, like it's just a <laughs> yeah chain. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so you've got to train up the right things, and uh, the grand prize when you win is uh, is a big squash. Yeah. Or, or no, no, they they cheaped out. They just went with seeds so you can grow your own big squash. <laughs> also, okay, is there an aspect then also of farming in between the tournaments and if your, if your like, crops get used in, like, or, like, if you had the winning shot put squash, do you get, like, extra points, bonus points for having farmed and, and produced that squash? Well, maybe. Maybe. Um, I was trying to think what what other sports you could have, and I kept on coming back to discus, but I was like, how do you flatten a squash? Like, I mean, you could you just can cut squash it into squash. slices. <laughs> you squash Funnily enough, squash. squashes are hard to squash. They just they just break. They don't really squish. So, um, No, I'm just picturing a big pumpkin that you, like, cut into slices somehow. <laughs> like cross sections. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, you got a pumpkin carving contest. How did we not have that in there? Like- no, I think that's too on the nose. <laughs> farmers to farmers, that's just like pff, that's what the city folk do. It's ridiculous. Why would you put a face on a pumpkin? They're fucking food. <laughs> what a waste! Instead, we're gonna throw them, weigh them, stack them. Then eat them. <laughs> okay, um, I think that's actually a pretty a, a pretty good set of games that we've got there. Yeah, um, we got something out of it at least. Three, two, one, click. We're moving over to click pitch. So this time, ramped up click pitch is a game where we each have a phrase generator in front of us. On the counter, three, two, one, click. We're going to click refresh. We're going to get an adjective and a noun and throw it at each other. Just because it worked so well last week. Sure thing. Okay, three, two, one, click. <laughs> Hairy winning. <laughs> Expendable trumping. Trumping? Oh, no. Oh, shit. 
I think you play one of Trump's toupees that he's thrown away. <laughs> and now you're running against him in the, in the 2020 election. <laughs> On top of Bernie. <laughs> it's like a Ratatouille situation. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, I, 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 I do like this idea of, of like, a- um, Sort of like an adventure game, well, you know, an action adventure with the toupee trying to get back to its home. Um, okay. All right. So, it's just sort of the beginning is, like, Trump throws away one of his toupees because it has embarrassed him for the last time. <laughs> and then, yeah, it becomes this sort of, like, it like slides along the ground. It's a, It's alive. Oh, the Toy I'm, Story has I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that it's it's doing the the old you know sort of caterpillar movement of scrunching up and then moving out and scrunching up and moving out like yeah that's its absolutely. whole its whole movement thing um, yeah I'm also picturing also almost a bit of like the the expression of like the magic carpet in Aladdin where kind of the you know it can it can grab some of the, the its corners or its like hair strands and they become arms temporarily to like make an expression yep. but it doesn't have a it doesn't have a permanent kind of anthropomorphic shape no and I think as you go through like um, your first couple of levels are just uh, you know it it's sort of moving around but then when you when you defeat one of the boss characters and the way that you end up defeating it is you jump onto its head and all of a sudden these tendrils go into the boss's head and that's your new character that you're moving around for the next Ooh. little while. So, you're getting a bit of like Mario Odyssey yeah. style thing, except instead of throwing a hat, you just throw, throw yourself. yourself onto them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, and could it be sort of a- not, not quite, but like a Katamari Damacy sort of thing where- at first, you can only, you know, possess small creatures, like rats. Yeah, but just as like you get more powerful, it's covering its entire body. But then, yeah, then it's like, oh, now I'm a, on a cat that has this lovely coiffed hair, and now I'm on, yeah, like a fucking mule, <laughs> <laughs> a horse's ass. <laughs> yeah, and eventually. Well, can it possess inanimate objects too, or is it just things with? I, I think it's. I think it's like the tendrils reach down deep into the brain um, to okay, actually control, control it. it. Uh, so it actually is like ratatouille like, <laughs> uh, except because yeah, do they have to be bald? No, that wouldn't work. Then, then no. how would you possess any animal? Except um, like, unless well, it has to be one of those gross cats that has no hair. <laughs> well, what I was thinking is maybe the toupee actually has like a shaving kit that it can pull out and and do a very quick shave down. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the puzzles is you have to find a way to shave a rat, <laughs> and then you can take it over. <laughs> I know. I just I like. No, it. I think that's maybe adding too much complexity. I like it as yeah. the final finishing move that you just sort of land down on top and it just sort of does it in slow motion where you see it pull out the straight razor and, and like a little lathering brush and oh, leather, 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 um, just single like swipe to take there. off the hair and bang, it just glues itself to the, Plops to the itself head. on. Yeah. I, I like and the And then you idea. see that whole Mortal Kombat, um, x-ray vision where it shows the tendrils <laughs> literally leaching down oh, into yeah. the brain. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Barbality. Barbarality. Uh, cause it's cutting the hair. Uh, and so, yeah. Well, okay. So a couple of things. First, we have to get super high quality classic Disney animators to like animate this fucking hair. It's going to be expressive. Mm-hmm. Picturing super smooth style cell animation. Okay. Yep. And then secondly, so it definitely so it, has to have a like super that, um, dark ending. Where when you say cell animation, are you talking like the older style cell an- cell animation, um, or are you? Well, they don't actually have to animate it on cells. I guess I just yeah, mean like that's what sort you of would feel. the feel that you would associate with classic Disney cell. So so yeah. almost a, a little bit um, Cuphead esque. Um, yeah, in kind that, of in yeah. the hyper cartoon style. Sort of like that's very. I'm thinking it's very I'm thinking 1930s, more 1940s, classic, but I'm th- no, well I'm thinking more like uh maybe like nineties Disney. Okay. Uh maybe like Little as Mermaid early style. as Little Mermaid, yep. Which yeah, is nineteen eighty eight, but still. Well yeah, you know what I mean. Lion King ish. Like that sort of just top of the game top of the game animation, two D animation. Yep. Mulan. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I think you build yourself up and we got to have a super dark ending where, like, the final showdown is against Trump again and you have to knock off his toupee and then take over his brain and now you're the president, baby. It's well, President Toupee. And, and, and you, know, you know what it actually um, what it actually shows is this toupee was thrown away on the last season of the- um, of the apprentice, so he's actually had a different toupee controlling him since he be- since he's been a, a president. Oh, I wasn't thinking the other toupee was even controlling him. I think oh yeah, 100%. he's just a fucking <laughs> fuck knuckle, and then this toupee takes over, and somehow there's and a turn- big change in Donald in- Trump, and he becomes totally progressive. <laughs> well, it, it's basically it turns him back into the Democrat that he that he used to be back in the back in the nineties. Yeah, and- he used to pretend to be. Um, well, I was. Did you watch? Uh, and this is slightly problematic because of the actor involved. But uh, House of Cards. Did you ever watch it? No. Okay, there was a great scene at the end of like season two or three. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. In case anyone can stand watching Kevin Spacey anymore, uh, where his character becomes president, and he's mm-hmm. been building up to this, and it's like the final scene, and it's actually really fucking haunting because he finally sort of gets behind the big desk and it's like slowly zooming in on him and he's got this thing where he like taps on the desk with his ring mm-hmm. um, and it's just perfect timing and he's just like boom boom and on the second tap it like goes to black it's just like oh fuck now he's in power so I'm just we just have that scene but it's the toupee you know that the toupee is now controlling Donald Trump he's like yes finally I got here and I have <laughs> I'm like sitting in the biggest most powerful scene in the world and I'm a toupee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah yeah I think we'll move on from that weird hairy situation three try and click <laughs> Oh God, this is funny. <laughs> I'll I'll say mine first. All right, glistening, uncovering. Oh God. Well, this is this is mostly funny funny because we're recording this as everyone knows in the middle of a pandemic. Obsessed contacting. 
Uh, um, <laughs> was just glistening uncovering? Yep. Oh, boy. Don't make a porn game. Don't make a porn game. Don't make a yeah, porn game. Yeah, the problem is, every time I, I read <laughs> glistening uncovering, I look over at the guy with the gourds again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sequel. Now, it is a porn game with gourds. Uh, He's so got the 70s porn stash as well, like- <laughs> All right, what glistens? Maybe what glistens when you uncover it? Gold. Does it glisten? I guess it glistens. Gold glisten, glisten, glisten to me feels like slimy or wet. I guess shiny. wet gold. <laughs> <laughs> wet gold, shining with a sparkling light, the glistening golden dome. So, yeah. I, no, I, well, yeah. Of something wet or greasy is what I'm seeing. Shine with a sparkling light. A sparkling light reflected from something wet. Okay. <laughs> Golden shower. <laughs> 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 I had to say it. <laughs> Man, I like I like these words as in I think there's something there. If we can get past the smart. I just and I don't know if that's possible. Um it, it's there. Okay. Um Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. So, you're talking wet and slimy. Ooh. What if- Yeah, okay. Um, you've- You've uncovered, like, this old, like, um- You know how people in the 1800s used to pan for gold and all this sort of stuff? Well, yes. this old forgotten, I've like, riverbed- um, because it's like covered in in you know like a blue green algae sort of thing, so it's all slimy. But yep. there's lots of gold in there in them their heels. Okay, and so you've uncovered put a, this. Put a pin in that. Okay, because what if you're a snail who's lost its shell? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're glistening. And uncovered, and why you obsessively need contact with things because that's how you stick to it. Yeah. So, and in other you're words, to find yourself. People keep on calling you a slug now. Yeah. And your whole thing is we're different animals. We're different creatures. I just lost my shell, which I don't even know we can survive without because it's part of our body. But in this situation, we can because it's a video game. Um, and I'm kind of picturing- And the uh, video game is called Dude, Where's My Shell? Dude, Where's My Shell? <laughs> fuck yes. You play two slugs. Snails. Oh, fuck, I did it. <laughs> you play one slug and a snail. Well, yes. You home. play one slug and one snail. I'm almost picturing, is this one of those- uh, you control one with one thumbstick and one with the other. Yeah, kind of like um brothers, like like brothers or yeah, and that that is a cool <laughs> idea. Yep, yep, yep. And yep, I'm, yep, I'm yep. picturing that maybe like the bumpers switch you between controlling one end of like so if the if the left one is the snail, mm -hmm. you can like control either the front or the back of it with the thumbstick to like l sort of squish onto things. Okay, um, because to, like, snails are and, so and fucking slow. Um, how are we going to deal with, like, the time mechanics in this? Because I think there's got to be time mechanics. Uh, maybe we just sort of establish right away that s snails are only slow from the point of view of humans 
And in their own point of view, they're actually very lithe and agile. <laughs> and so you just- If you ever see, like, human behavior in the background of these levels, it's, like, going really fast. <laughs> there's, there's literally a constant blur in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, like, time lapse behind you. But when- um. When the snail, like, can can go super, super, super fast, everything slows down to um, slows down to a crawl, and you see all the humans and cars passing behind you, sort of thing. Right. Okay. They get like some sort of boost. Yeah. Boost thing. And and it goes, holy shit, we're not really that <laughs> fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I like this mechanic of like you know, kind of having puzzles where. You have to, yeah, grip from the ceiling and, like, hang or something. And maybe you even have to- Maybe you have to even have the two of them hooked together to, like, reach something. So, you're kind of, like, having to control the snail as one end of it is, is like, stuck to the ceiling with its goo. Mm -hmm. But the other end of it is holding onto the slug, which is hanging. And you're having to control, like, the bottom end of that to, like, swing and grab something or whatever. Okay. Those sorts of puzzles where, or, or, you know, one of them has to hit us, hit us, get somewhere to hit a switch to let the other one through or different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play through Brothers all the way. Um, no, me neither. I wanted to because it was such a cool idea for a game, but I just sort of yeah. lost focus on it after a while. And, um, but I can definitely see the idea of, of, you know, having one that doesn't think that he can get into this into this small space because he he keeps remembering uh keeps on forgetting that he, that he doesn't have that doesn't have his shell and he keeps on going no yep. no no I can't go in there my shell will get stuck <laughs> yep 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 now here's a thing and I haven't I don't know if this is a spoiler for brothers because I didn't play all the way to the end what if one of them dies like I feel like having played both of them all the way through this game and then you've got nothing to do with like your right hand for a while would be really kind of affecting. Mm. Yeah. Maybe the slug dies sacrificing himself to get the, the shell back for the snail. So, I mean, we're really, really, we're really, really lucky that we didn't go the smutty game because you know exactly what you'd be using that right hand for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the slugs are sexy too. <laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> Dry mold. Disperse conceit. Oh, okay. Disperse and dry mold go together well because I feel like spreading out like mold spores, dispersing them in some way. Uh, how is mold spelt? Is it with the U? Uh, no. M-O-L-D. Ah, so it's actually, you know, it's a mold of something. Fungus. Yeah. No, no, no. M-O-L-D is the fungus. Is it? Oh, it's both. It's, it's either. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that you can use either for either. Yeah, both. They're, they're, they're the same, basically. Okay. It's just British versus, versus something else. Or- I thought there was actually the other change to it. So, there you go. Hmm. Uh... Yeah, so I'm thinking, yeah, like spores, mold spores. Okay. Yep. And then we just have to figure out where conceit comes into it. Does it? Is well, it that it? Um, I, I think I think it's where. If you remember the game, I am bread. Yes. Um, 
It's it's like a sequel. In fact, to I was going to reference that in the previous one. Yeah, um, it, it's like yeah. a sequel to that. I am mold. <laughs> well, I am, I am bread moldy too. bread. Yeah, I am moldy bread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, gotcha. And, and so, you know, it the bread sees itself as you know conceited or vain, Is even though it's moldy like, bread is zombie. Could be. Yeah. Maybe you're the last piece of bread in the loaf that didn't go moldy. And it's like a zombie horde shooter, but you're controlling it like <laughs> iron bread somehow. Um, so you're like selecting which corner of the bread grabs the machine gun. <laughs> I'm bread too, bread harder. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I I can really see like the excessive pride in oneself. Like this this sure. bread is so like um well veiny. <laughs> veiny well the the mouldy ones are veiny. <laughs> um, well you can use it for both. So uh and I mean you can also use conceit as just like an idea, right? Like a uh Ingenious or fanciful the comparison or metaphor. In a way, like the, the, the narrative idea. Yeah. A fanciful notion, as the thing says. Although, you know, we're in a pandemic, zombies are getting less fanciful by the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I- Okay, so <laughs> is this bread fighting off hordes of mouldy bread zombies? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it's got to be. I feel like- So, if if we do get serious enough, serious for a second with the gameplay, is this more of- like setting off traps by swinging around as a piece of bread. Are you still worried about getting dirty, or is that less of an issue now? I think it's less of an issue now. I mean, you're more, you're more, just don't want to be, you just don't want to be infected. Uh, what's it called? Infected with mold. Yeah. All right. So you got like areas of spores you have to avoid. Yeah. Different different types of bread zombies. So you've got like. Moldy bread rolls that explode into spores. Mm-hmm. You've got moldy croissants, which have some other sort of power. Moldy hot dog buns, which <laughs> can just like reach you. They've got a longer reach. Um, okay, so what? I, I know that you were saying that you you like the idea of like the the iron bread sort of controls, but I think that could be a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe hard. we maybe we pull that back a bit from the full on, literally having to swing a piece of bread around by the corners, which can grip yep. onto things, but and make it more maybe a little bit. It's physics based, but it's sort of that physics based where your bread's always trying to like stand up on its end. Do you know what I mean? So yep. you're not necessarily controlling the legs, uh, the the legs. I mean the bottom half, <laughs> the bottom corners. What I, what I like about it is though, because it doesn't actually have a head or anything like that. It can be up any way, like any direction. Um, yeah, you know, it it can basically um, grip onto the ceiling, kind of kind of like what what happens in Iron Bread. But it's it doesn't matter what corners it is. It just transfers the gun down to you know the lower. Yes. Yeah. The lower. And bits. then you're literally like hanging off the ceiling, shooting moldy yep. zombies with a gun in each hand. Yeah. Oh, you can even have, you know, that awesome scene from The Matrix where, you know, they're, they're um, in the lobby, you know, shooting everywhere, running along the walls. and <laughs> It's like spinning. 
You you can basically have the um have the bread running along the wall. Oh right, yep, yep, yep. Well, I'm just thinking he does that cartwheel. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just a piece of fucking bread spinning <laughs> through the air with guns on a couple of the corners. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think this is kind of just a a bit of a wobbly physics. Wave shooter, basically, or yeah, like level, it's, you know, basically it's kind of, sort of, it's kind of almost left for deadish as well. In the fact that you can have, you know, like those bloated sort of, um, yeah, yeah like the different sort of mold. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking with the Brett, like a big knot roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and I think so. I'm sort of picturing, yes, left for dead, but less of a like less of a, a linear kind of um, getting from one end to the level and the other, and more of you're in a room of the house, and you just have to fight off all the zombies for a certain amount of time. But you you've got a lot of you've got a lot of movement options around the level, so yep. you can like trigger off a thing that flings you up into the air, and you know you're you're shooting them. As you fly through the air, spin through the air, and land splat on the wall, and it's like okay, you know, flop down the wall to to get over to, you know, across the shelf, and they're all they're all like climbing up in piles, you know, kind of like uh, World War Z where they can make piles of themselves. Yeah, uh, do I- they just stack themselves like big, just like nice neat stacks of bread? <laughs> this multi bread <laughs> to like reach the heights, just yeah. one big loaf. I, I think um, if you want to actually be able to move along the walls a little bit quicker, you've got to, like, find some water that you can, like, wet the corners a little bit. Because that'll <laughs> that keep- really stick. Yeah, well, you can have some different, like, status effects. So, yeah, if you're wet, you'll stick more to the walls, but you can't control your guns as well because you're all sucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and you've got, like, a wet and dry meter. And and if you're if you're exposed to oxygen for too long, then you start drying out. So you gotta actually, or or maybe just like you you've got like a soft and hard meter or something. As in like if you could toast yourself, and then you can like dip yourself in water to come back to normal. <laughs> but I know that's not how bread works, but it it does as in this a, game. as a continuum. Yeah, maybe when you toast, you be, you're a bit more of a mel- like you've got better melee moves, mm-hmm. to like push back, push him back and stuff. You're just a bit, a bit stronger and a bit uh, tougher. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> like that could work too. It will work well. Uh, that's really cool. And then, yeah, and then we'll move on to I am bred with vengeance. <laughs> mm, I good am day bred to be bred. Four point Whatever it is, yeah, whatever, whatever. A good day to bread hard. Um, a good day to be bred. Yeah. Uh, what was? Die Hard 4.0 um, Be bread and uh, live, live long and be bread. So, something like that. <laughs> live free or die bread. L- live free <laughs> or die bread. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Love it. Or, or is it live free and bread hard? <laughs> <laughs> live free and hard bread. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shouting naughty. Potent caretaker. <laughs> okay. Makes them potent. Well, if you think of potent potables, which is basically alcohol. Well, no, I mean, I know what potent means. I'm just trying to think of if they're a caretaker or something, what makes them, you know, 
the second definition here, able to achieve an erection or to reach an orgasm. <laughs> uh, no, I think we just go generally with the having great power effect. Okay, so what was yours? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> shouting naughty. Okay, so strong shouting. I'm thinking it's almost like a 2D side-scroller version of Skyrim in that you've got strong shouts that you can do. Okay. But you're one you're one of the other one of the other characters in the game in that you're originally only like um you're not one of the dragonborn but you're um you just happen to uh read one of the one of the um the dragon like word walls this, or whatever it was. Is this some sort of Jumanji situation but with Skyrim <laughs> <laughs> where you're playing Skyrim on your vacuum cleaner and because every device has Skyrim now, <laughs> and you you know you hear the drums start up, and suddenly you have Skyrim powers, and you, you're trying to figure out all your different shouts, <laughs> and you've got like directional shouts and area of effect shouts and shouts of fire. I don't know. I didn't play through that fucking game. Um, what are your different shouts anyway? Uh, what do they do? You, you've got, like, Dragon's Breath, you've got Clear Skies, you've got, like, a pushing away sort of shout, you've got, like, so a, it's like a speedy shout. Shout. At, shout fire, shout at the clouds, shout, shout off. Let it all out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These are the things. Are the things that I shout about, so shout off. I'm shouting at you. So shout off. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm sort of, cause I'm trying, I'm sort of picturing that these fun shouts in the real world, right? Like, what are the effects of having Skyrim shouts when you go to work? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, is this after he, um, this character's gone through like this Skyrim adventure has come back into the normal world, but still has all the shouts? Are you saying? No, I think it's more like the drums start up and then. Just one dude pops out of the game and they're like, I've got a quest for you here is how to do some shouts. Um, <laughs> go to work. So, so normally he's something. like, a, I, I'm imagining that normally this guy's a, um, a, a caretaker at like a, a graveyard or something Museum like that. Museum or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Graveyard. Sure. Need you to um, and, shout and, your way in and rob a grave. You know, is, is just listening, listening to, um, you know, I don't know who did. Shout was it Tears for Fears or maybe it was Tears for Fears? Oh my god, well done! Jeez, good pull, Jesus Christ. Um, so he, he's listening to like the best of Tears for Fears and he's like, It's just that he's one just song. yelling at shout. <laughs> it's like that you see all the all the um, like the headstones just get blown away and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, Oh shit, <laughs> I've actually. <laughs> Actually got all these powers and, you know, has to try and keep them, keep them contained. But then the zombie uprising happens and that's where shit goes real. Um, sorry, I was looking up whether there are any other fun Tears for Fears songs that could be turned into powers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Did you find any? No. 
I'm actually pretty impressed that I actually said Tears for Fears instead of Disturbed. So, I oh, think I didn't we'll realize they did there. Mad World. Mad World's theirs. It's nowhere near as like evocative in their song because it's got all this weird like '80s synth in it, but oh. and it's too fast. Anyway, I've completely derailed this one. So, three draw one kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is. I'll go first. Downtown okay. Meringue. <laughs> okay. Missed signing. <laughs> Downtown. Christmas the Alley. <laughs> Making my way downtown. <laughs> Santa something on my meringue. Uh... <laughs> Is this a famous? Is this a famous meringue? It's like meringue Monroe and Pavlova. They're at a signing. Well, they're trying to get to a signing. Mm-hmm. They have to avoid water because they'll dissolve. Or is it like? Is this? A, is this? Do we have a sweets world in our in our vast history? I don't think we do. Did we bring it into Starch Wars as like bad no, guys? No, I don't or? think I don't think no, that's ever been. I don't think we should. I, th- I know I think- we had a bakery one. We did yeah. have a bakery one once, but that wasn't like an. Yeah, I, I, I see this as almost a good idea to have separate to um to start. Yeah, I because I don't think we need to cross processed food. Like- you don't you don't need to cross cross that. No, over not until they both food. get popular enough that you need like a dimensional rift to go between the worlds. Yeah, it's kind of like Marvel and DC in like a what if. Yeah. All right, so we're we're starting our DC side of our two major food-based properties, uh, and this is like processed and baked goods uh, in a world in a world mm-hmm. where meringues can become movie stars. Okay, so so the question is, the question is, is this actually? Are these all anthropomorphic and they, they are the only occupants or is humans are humans actually involved in this somewhat? Uh, is it like a world where kind of yeah. like um hmm. kind of like, you know, in the um Oh shit, what was that movie called? Happy Time Murders, was it? Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I, I kinda like the idea that uh, you've got- well, it's humans and baked and and like foodstuffs living side by side, yeah, dealing with racism <laughs> and you know things being eaten, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So, is it unusual then for baked goods to have become famous, or um, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, I, I, I is, think is there is there prejudice against? You know, baked goods trying to become, or or is it fairly, you know, equal now, and and people are used to it. It's fairly equal now. I think, you know, back in the day when, you know, Marilyn Monroe used to put on a fuckload of makeup just to just to make sure that, you know, they couldn't tell that she was actually a meringue. Right <laughs> to describe it, <laughs> dis, dis, uh, disguise yourself as a human somehow. Yeah, but the but the makeup was just sprinkles, and they weren't at all uh, convinced. <laughs> Okay, so what were your words again? Missed signing. Missed signing. Okay, so is is this one of those sort of games where your your character has like missed their big opportunity to um 
to, oh, uh, to like join up with his agent uh, and has to like travel across the city and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, well, Make I'm always thinking downtown. this is like a series of scenes. Yeah, as they like travel across the city, um, I guess kind of like like a not a point and click adventure game, but like you've just got a couple of of you know relatively straightforward puzzles to solve in each area. But it's more about you talk to the people that are there, you get a bit of world building, you get a bit of personality, and like then you find the person that helps you get to the next mm-hmm. stage. And it's kind of this like series of events where. You know, your cab breaks down and then a dog chases you because it wants to eat your delicious egg white sugar flesh. Uh, and then, you know, you get mugged. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I really feel like this this um, game needs a, a big antagonist. Like, who's actually caused um, this signing to be missed? All right. So, yes, you definitely- I think you do have an antagonist- uh, and I think it definitely has to be, like, the big 80s rap star Vanilla Slice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's the one who, he's, like, he's he's been on top of the baked goods celebrity game for two, for so long. Mm-hmm. And now you, Meringue Monroe, are, like, coming up. You're an up-and-comer. You're all innocent. And, like, the crowd loves you. And uh, so Vanilla Slice is like, fuck that. But what what um, you don't realise, and this is where the whole, like, um, you know, big bad DC sort of thing, um, yeah. you know, that's going to be filtered throughout the next few games, is yeah. what's actually behind Vanilla Slice is the American Dental Association. That's right. I'm bringing back dentists as their fucking antagonist. We haven't <laughs> had dentists for a long fucking dentists. time. <laughs> Well, dentists definitely have to be- So, so okay. So, Vanilla Slice has been bought out by Big Dental. Yep. To, like, poison the well against sugary uh, sweets being celebrities because they're bad for your teeth. Yeah, I think so. All right. Okay. That's that's fine. So, you're uncovering this. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the bus stop and that's where you meet your good friend, Donut DeVito. <laughs> Um, he's gonna help you (laughs) along the way um, Mm -hmm. get to get to the agent uh, uncover the whole thing Um, so I'm trying to think of more puns Uh (laughs) (laughs) come on come up with some more characters you're always good at this Jam Tart, uh, Meringue, uh, Claire, Claire, uh, Claire Danes. <laughs> Claire Danes. <laughs> <laughs> She's there too. All right, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, you you and your celebrity bake good pals <laughs> bring down Vanilla Slice and the, the Dental Association. But the thing is, obviously, the Dental Association, they're still stuck in the background. Like, it's only in, like, the, um, you know, the after credit scene that you actually see that, you know, a broken and beaten uh, vanilla slice turns up in, in like- Well, look, because in this world, the Dental Association is basically the fucking KKK against the sentient baked goods, right? Like. And so, I think there's just a sort of a through line of them being this evil 
group. And then, yeah, it's at the end. It's like the post credit scene after Vanilla Slice is defeated and he's, like, on his custody knees in front of the shadowy dentist cabal. Uh, and they're like, you failed us, but- Vanilla Slice. But 100% you cannot see his face because, as we all know from those Oral-B ads, um, you know- <laughs> it's, the, it's, the one in, it's the one out of ten- It's the one out of ten dentists who doesn't. <laughs> yeah. We cannot show his face because Rob is a dentist. <laughs> Hi, Rob. <laughs> Remember those ads? <laughs> yes. So, you cannot see his, his face at all. Like, his, his face just doesn't appear in- in the scene at all, like he's, you know, backs to camera and all this sort of stuff, and you just hear this, this weird sort of raspy voice, almost like um, uh, what's his name from Inspector Gadget? I'm trying to think of what the oh bad yeah, like Doctor Claw, yeah, Doctor Claw, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, and then like the it's like a vanilla slice. You failed us. The, uh, the dental association. Uh, so we're going to have to go to our next best agent, Benedict Cookie Batch. Batch of cookies. <laughs> uh, it's literally just a batch of cookies. It's just a batch desk. of cookies. It's like a bunch of sentient cookies <laughs> that all like form different shapes. Benedict Cookie Batch. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Three to one click. Three to one click. I'll edit that so it's faster and funnier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Fuzzy poet. Hmm. Shriveled electromagnetic. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting combination. Yeah. <laughs> Poets always hard. Like, doing anything with words in a game is always tricky. Yeah. Um, well, anything- Well, anything mechanic-wise, obviously, you can do narrative and, and like, stuff that's, uh, that's written well, but that's all- That's hard to do in five or ten minutes. Come up with I mean, that being effective. I mean, there's no reason why we couldn't actually have it that in this- In the spare time, this character likes poetry. Like, <laughs> that's just, just a, a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. Everything this guy says rhymes. Oh, God. <laughs> What's fuzzy and shriveled? This isn't a riddle. This isn't a joke. I'm, I'm actually asking what we can have that's fuzzy and shriveled. shriveled. Is it like- <laughs> I looked at the guy um, of the gods again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at the god guy. It's tainting your tainting your ideas. Lucky you can't see his taint. Oh god. That's something that's fuzzy and shriveled. <laughs> Guys taint. Let's <laughs> click again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh shit. Oh god, this <laughs> I don't even know if this is a thing, but it sounds dirty. I think it's a. I think it's a cross between two dirty things. Okay, mine is spreading brain, <laughs> soaked artery. <laughs> okay, so it's some sort of it's, it's anatomy based. 
<laughs> spreading oh, that guy brain. was totally spreading brain. <laughs> oh god. My okay. head is just not in that not in that place right now. It's because of the gourd guy. Yeah. Get him off your screen. Close Discord. Well don't close Discord. Oh No, you. I'm I'm ready uh, to actually go with my my Oh with your with your image, yeah. Uh no, I think click again on that one. Mm-hmm. Dead viewing. Mislaid gravy. Oh, I thought you were gonna say grave. No nope. perfect. Mislaid gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you could use it as an adjective like this hole's pretty gravy. We should bury someone here. <laughs> it's a pretty gravy piece of piece of dirt over there. We'd make a good cemetery. So this is an alternate world in which instead of groovy in the seventies, oh, everything okay, was gravy. Yeah. Gravy. Oh, it's gravy. Gravy, man. Um, and what was your words? Dead viewing. Ooh. Is this like an I see dead people kind of situation? Yeah, I th- I think the characters like ap- appearing at like a will reading, and um, they've been um they've been given the um the prized gravy boat. That is that is like that is the number one ticket item from the will. <laughs> okay, but it's been missing for the last twenty years, and so okay. it's now it's now a quest to find. To find the quest the for the boat. gravy boat. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the holy gravy boat. Yeah. Um, okay. 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 Is this an epic quest with sirens and dragons and things, or is it like- I think this could almost be shops. like a secret life of Walter Mitty sort of thing. Of, okay. Of the, the fact that maybe this is a story being retold, but the story yep. that's being retold has got like dragons and shit all the way through it. Right, it's but, like magical realism yeah. situation, and so you get to, like, yeah, you get to the pawn shop, and the troll behind the desk, <laughs> who you then sort of reveal later, is just a big guy, yeah. you know, tells you, oh, yeah, I had a gravy boat, but I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you sell it to? <laughs> Some fucking- Dragon. He wanted it for his lord. <laughs> Rightio then. You'll find him uh, at the library. The library? Because the library. <laughs> and like- you just cut to the real world and everyone's just like, what the fuck is this guy talking in a weird accent? <laughs> I, I just uh, for some reason I I turned this character into into like um a Peter Falk like character talking to his grandson <laughs> a la the Princess Bro- right, Bride Right Princess Bride, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Going on about the, the six fingered <laughs> man that killed his father or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, the gravy thief, the great gravy robbery, the great gravy heist, mm-hmm. the great gravy grab, great granddad's gravy, <laughs> great granddad's great gravy grab, grab. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> All right, so 
<laughs> Again, is this sort of <laughs> great granddad's great gravy gradventure? Gradventure. <laughs> 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 oh shit. Okay, three, two, one, enter. Oh shit, got to switch over. Go away, Gord man. Oh what the? Oh god, it's one of those. <laughs> 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 it's okay. one of those really ugly um we have a guy who looks weirdly like David Tennant. Yes. Holding one of those like blobfish. Yep. Um is that what they're called? I think so. I'm gonna search and for it, blobfish. It looks rather yeah. tender. Like he It is he called loves the smooth this. head blobfish. You know, it, it's almost as if you know he's he's trying to trying to get this blobfish back into the water. Um, it's true. He looks like he's saying goodbye. I think this is one of those like, no, go away. Like it's for your own good. Don't come back. Situations where he's like crying and sending the blobfish away to 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 like because it's not safe for the blobfish to stay with him, yep. even though he loves him. Um, you, you can, you can tell that, you know, he's sort of pulled the blobfish out of the esky because just, <laughs> yeah. just the, just the got a collars just of, of, his, um, yep. of his hand, of his, you know, wrists are basically, uh, covered in water or they're soaked through and it's, it's like he's, he's giving it a final kiss goodbye as he throws it into the ocean. Yes, exactly. So this is basically, this is the finale. This is the climax of this story. Yeah. How 100%. does it begin? How long is this man? Is this like his childhood blob- blobfish friend? Is this like a blobfish that found him in his time of need, but now he like has to let it go? What are we? What are we thinking? Okay, I, I'm thinking this is the all blobfish are psychic. All blobfish go to heaven. Yeah, all blobfish so, are psychic. Okay, so he's he's had like an imaginary friend his whole life. Um, that he thought was, you know, just in his own head. Turns out okay. it's this blobfish. And his blobfish has, has basically been contacting oh, him psychically gotcha. his whole life. So, and did he know- Wait, did he did he have, like, a blobfish and he just didn't make a connection? Or it's just this blobfish has sort of um, been contacting him somehow? That, it turns out that um, all, all imaginary friends are actually psychic are actually connections blobfish. to blobfish. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, this is the first ever blobfish that has been taken from the depths and and been experimented on. And so, oh, okay. So he's okay. So this is a kid whose imaginary friend started telling him that he needs to like go to a certain address, <laughs> and you're going to find a weird blob face, blob shaped fish there, and you need to save it. Basically, well, I, I think it's. What it is, is this character obviously has grown up now. Uh, when they were about nine or ten, uh, as when most imaginary friends sort of disappear, that's when the connection sort of, um, the blobfish realised, didn't need to actually make, you know, help this kid anymore. But as this was the last kid that he actually um, contacted before he got caught, the connection is still there. So he's just reactivated the connection to the last kid. I'm, I'm seeing that he's... He's like, um, ooh, I don't know. I think middle management at a um at a 
like law firm or something like that. Right. Okay. So this is like a drop dead Fred situation. Yeah. It's a drop dead. Yeah. Drop dead Fred. It's a block dead Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I, I'm just looking up. This is actually it's kind of sad. Blobfish only look like that because they're deep sea creatures, and when they're brought from the depths, they like expand and just like fucking. They're basically just blown up from the inside. Mm. <laughs> they look. Re- they actually look relatively normal when they're under the water. <laughs> But anyway, we'll continue with the common knowledge of what the blobfish is, because it's funnier. Oh, yeah, they look kind of normal underwater, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. But, yeah, so I, I like the idea that, um, you know, he's now reaching out for reaching out for help uh, from his previous friend. Yeah, yeah, it's one of these things where, like, the... The kid, the grown kid now grown up, is you know not happy with his life. And um, hasn't I, I found think, his way. I think that he's almost like Scrooge-like in the fact that you know he's you know got no whimsy or anything like that. He's he's you know really nasty to all all his underlings yeah. and all that all sort right, of stuff. He's, and- okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What does the blobfish sound like? Um, What's its voice? Of all things, David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's actually David Tennant doing the voice, yeah, of the Blobfish, as well as being no the main co- <laughs> no no. Um, Danny DeVito is the um is the <laughs> is the middle Wait. management guy. <laughs> he's the he's the, he's the- <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, so so okay, so what we're getting from the actual image is just it's. It's David Tennant with his character, the Blobfish, in a behind-the-scenes look um, yeah. of the sh- of the game where oh, Danny no. DeVito plays. No, it, it just so, just so happens that David Tennant did all the all the motion capture for for the mineral management guy. Oh, but, but it's voiced, voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, okay, and but the and the guy's voiced by Danny DeVito. Yeah, the, and Danny the DeVito did all the motion, motion capture, capture for, for the blobfish. Yeah. It's really, Sorry, really confusing. <laughs> 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 and then it basically turns into like this huge Death Stranding like game. <laughs> where you, where you, where you're just you know, like trying to k- get this blobfish, no, get, get the get this blobfish from you know across across the country back to back to its natural habitat because it told told you that it's. You know, it needs to get literally across the country. So, I'm thinking that it's this guy, his esky, and a blobfish. Well, because it's actually- Its natural habitat is Australia. So, are we going across Australia? I or think you're going to have to, to Australia. I think, it, I think you're going to have to. So, you start in, like, Perth. And you're going to yep. get to Tasmania. Yes. The last- That last little journey- that last little journey across the Bass Strait is like you have to swim it with your blobfish friend. It's a real prick. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. But uh, but I'm picturing you get it back in the water and it like it goes down deep enough and it compresses back into its not less ugly self. <laughs> Feels finally back in its natural habitat. Um, and it's happy. It's happy. It's mm-hmm. this amazing moment. Tears. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it right now, like how, how awesome the, um, the game would actually look because it's going to have that photorealism of, 
like of Death Stranding, yeah, of Death Stranding or or <gasps> La Noire. Oh my but, god, can um, you with- can you imagine how that fucking blobfish's skin is going to look? Subsurface scattering, glistening, fucking shininess. Normal maps. <laughs> it's going to look amazing. And I mean, the voices, the voice alone is just going to be, you know. Um, so oh god, smooth. David Tennant is amazing. Yeah. Alonzi, is he doing? Is he easy keeping his Scottish accent? Um, ooh, 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 or is he doing his American accent from Grace Point, the um, the US re- adaption of of like Broadchurch? Of oh, Broadchurch? <laughs> oh god, I can't believe they did that. No, no, at, at it, the very least British, but yeah. Um, no, he'll 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 definitely have his have his I like, think proper Scottish, Scottish, Scottish. accent. Yeah, doesn't yeah. need to have the received common like accent that he that he did in um in Doctor Who, right? And then you got Danny DeVito, obviously yeah, doing his, doing his Oscar worthy Australian accent, but which yeah. they don't <laughs> Australian <laughs> accent, right? Oh my god, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now I desperately want to hear Danny DeVito do an Australian accent. Oh my god, I don't want to do more in my life. <laughs> you forgot that it was that it was in. I um, forgot that it was Australian. Yeah. Oh, I have to Google it right now. <laughs> Danny DeVito doing an Australian accent. I hope this exists. Oh no, he did. He tried to speak Welsh once. Damn it. Oh my god. It's my new mission in life. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, as I get a new quest in life, we will end the episode. Uh if you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com/bitstorm. Check out all our previous episodes, leave us some reviews, definitely, please. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Just shoot us a message, whatever. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective. This is a group of podcasts uh, around video gaming, pop culture, lots of different things. Uh, go check them out at 8bit.net. Tons of great shows, great friends, great people. We'd like it if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Uh, just look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on um, on Facebook or the at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the, ca- <laughs> off of the album Containment Failure. Fuck. <laughs> That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Danny DeVito doing an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs>